Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we got some risky early round picks. Let's do it. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin', everybody? My name's Morgan Goldby. I got Rick Lemon, as always, on the pod. What's up? Today we're going to talk about risky early round picks, as I said 45 seconds ago. Um, It should be an interesting show. We've never done a show like this before, uh, not in Mm -hmm. terms of the style of which we do it, but uh, just this topic. Um, So these are guys that, whether we like them or not, are super risky in the early rounds um before we jump right into the early risky round or early wow risky early round picks <laughs> um check out our website thefantasychampions.com follow us on twitter at the ff champs on instagram at the fantasy champions you can like us at facebook.com forward slash the fantasy champions if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or any other podcast platform be sure to subscribe leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like and comment down below if you like these players and if you're willing to take the risk on them. Um, and Rick, why don't you tell us about the draft guide? Guys, you, you're running out of time with a guide. You might want to order that. Uh, it's $25. <laughs> Drafting uh, we got soon. full rankings. We got breakouts, bus, player draft values, player breakdowns, and so much more. So make sure you guys tell your friends about it. Yeah, dude. Ready to go. Um, so let's jump. Actually, actually, we have a quick word from our sponsor. So let's let's get this let's get this party rolling. Yeah, let's do it. So as I said before, uh, the risky early round picks. There's always every year. There's always some players that are as safe as can be. Safe early round picks would be a boring show to talk about because we know them. Saquon right. Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. You know, McCaffrey is a risk, dude. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's a super (laughs) risk. So, um, but the risky early round picks are guys, maybe you want to take the risk on, maybe you don't want to take the risk on, but they have a lot of risk attached to them. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these players. We're going to break down why they're risky, um, why we think they're going to break out, why we think they might bust devil's advocate. We're going to play games with this one. But we'll start, we'll break it down in rounds one, two, and three, and just talk about one player from each round that's extremely risky. Once again, I want to state that we're not telling you to avoid these players. We're not telling you to draft these players existentially. We might tell you to draft one of them. It's just, go ahead, what were you going to say? It's just a very risky play, is all. Yeah, so if you like risks, you take them. If you don't like risks, you don't take them. So um, we'll start with round one with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now... This man's was a third round pick just a month he would, ago. He would have been the perfect spot for me. Yeah, uh, like he. So, so like for me, the third round. If we had drafted when you said, I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten. I probably wouldn't gotten an opportunity to draft Clyde in the third round. You probably would have taken him early third. I definitely. I would have. My team would have been Barkley, whoever I took in the second round, and then Clyde. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know. Like, oh, you took Kettle. Don't don't run away from that. Took Kelsey. Kelsey, sorry. Oh, see, as yeah. you told me you were going to take Kittle and Kelsey failed you. Anyway. So, yes, Clyde is is a risky early round pick. Like we said, he was a third round pick just a couple months ago. 
And now, you know, obviously Damian Williams opting out, we know what his value is. He, he rose in mock drafts every single week. He was up to when we drafted, he was a week and a half ago or something like that. He was up to, I think, what was it? Pick 15 ADP. Yeah. Um, so which is where freaking Miles Sanders was a couple weeks ago. But now we look at uh, four for four is ADP. Um, and they have him currently right now slotted in at the um, uh, the 11th pick off the board, mm. I believe is the ninth running back off the board. And we did a mock draft just yesterday. If you go back and you watch that show, if you're watching on YouTube, it's somewhere on the screen. Seven, right? Um, he was pick one point seven. So we are we are hitting the prime on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I've heard of leagues where people have taken Clyde one hundred one. I've heard mm-hmm. people in leagues take him right around. The most consensus of crazy was was pick one five. That's where uh, people who really like Clyde Edwards Hilaire will take him. So. Obviously, if you're taking him at the fir- at the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round, I mean tenth overall draft capital, it mm-hmm. becomes an extremely risky pick. And here's why. I love Clyde. I'll preface it. I love Clyde. I think he's gonna be great in the NFL. Me too. But I think his I think his ceiling for just for this season, his, I think his ceiling is number six. RB six. Yeah, and I, 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 th- I think there's a possibility. There's a world. There's a realm of outcomes where he's top four, top three, maybe. But absolute best case scenario. That's absolute best case scenario. I think his ceiling, his realistic ceiling, is number six. He'll probably finish eight or nine. And I think what Clyde is is he's extremely talented. He's good, but we're in an awkward year. We're in a COVID, you know, NFL season mm. where. There hasn't been any preseason. There hasn't been any training camp. These guys, literally, if you think about this, like I've been watching Hard Knocks, and obviously it gives you like an insight of how things work in the NFL and operations. I would highly encourage you to go watch it on HBO. Um, everyone literally watches Hard Knocks. Do you watch Hard Knocks? I do. So when I can. So like, but it is it's a really, really, really good show to give you the insight of what's going on and and what players like. What you don't realize is that a player who's a rookie, they get their first opportunity to dress in a game in a preseason in the preseason. Right. Right. So they run it, they run onto the field and they get, they get through the normal, they get, they make it more normal for them to be in an NFL game, to run onto the field and all that stuff. It's like they get used to what game day looks like this year. They get none of that. Like this is going to be the first time that they preseason week. One of the regular season is going to be the first time these rookies dress. So, Am I saying that's going to make Clyde not good? No, for sure. I like I right. I think Clyde's going to be great, but I do think that that's going to hold him back a little bit. I've talked for me. I think the biggest separation is that I think Clyde's going to be great on the ground. Mahomes obviously opens up a lot, but my biggest issue with him is a lot of people are buying him with the ceiling that he's going to get 50 catches. And when you look right. back at Kareem Hunt seasons, he's a great pass catcher, but he did not get 50 catches inside the Kansas city chiefs offense. And so um, I don't think he had one year where he had over 50 catches or something like that. But so for me, it's like, I don't know if Clyde can reach that point. I think year one, it would be more likely for him to catch 40 passes. If he does that, he doesn't really have an extremely high ceiling when it comes to like, he doesn't have as high a ceiling as it comes to, you know, production as miles Sanders does. So like, I think that people who are taking him one, six, one, seven, 
are succumbing to this massive hype that's outrageous. So for me, I think it, it whether it's worth the risk or not is irrelevant to me. I'm not really with your first round pick. You want to get a guy that you feel really comfortable about being a top 10 running back and like how uh, on, a, on a scale of not a scale. Uh, give me a percentage of how comfortable you are with Clyde this year as a first round pick. As a first round pick. Yes. It's probably like 50 percent. So, but like, if I was to, if I was to say like Miles Sanders, how comfortable are you with that? Like, how sure are you going to? As long as they don't, I mean, again, forget it. Just take out, take out whether they're going to sign a guy or not. Um, Yeah, it's probably closer to like seventy percent. I'm more confident. Yeah. So, so for me, it's like first round. I I need to be confident with the players. You know what I mean? And if I'm not fully confident that Clyde's going to work out year like week one of the like you, you in, in fantasy football you got 13 weeks to win games and make the playoffs and if you are wasting weeks because Clyde can't figure it out in the first two three weeks of the season you got problems I mean he's the guy they love him they're getting him involved in the passing game I think it's a great pick but if you're talking about taking him between five and seven it's just too risky for me it's too yeah me too I'm, I mean we've talked about all year how much we love Clyde um, and how we think he's going to have a great year. The Clyde but, truthers yeah, are here to like, tell you, be careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you're right. You're very right with the point with uh, him being a rookie. Um, and if he struggles early on, like that could like be very, very damaging um, for anybody who owns him. So right, right, right. I will, will say, though, like um, you brought up, you don't think he's going to get 50 catches. I do think it's possible that he does just based on. It's not that I don't think year. he's going to get 50 catches. I just feel like seeing what Patrick Mahomes did with Kareem Hunt, I don't know why Clyde would be any different. I think that was, that was Mahomes' first year mm-hmm. as a quarterback. I think last, last year he kind of, um, he used, utilized the running backs a little bit better in the passing game. I think okay. if you combine, I mean, obviously he's not going to get all of the receiving work, um, for the passing game for the running backs, but if you combine yeah. all of their uh, receptions, I think they had around, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, 60, 75. So around around 70 receptions from the running, back all the running backs. So wow. I think I think it's very possible for him to get 45 to 50 mm-hmm. um, of those. So, but even if, if he doesn't, I mean, that will be, I think, the, another big risk for him. Mm-hmm. I think he'll still be good. If he doesn't, but he definitely won't reach the ceiling that you're drafting him at. Um, so yeah. those with those two things in mind, it's also another thing is just the running backs that are going around him. I think I'm just more confident. In. I mean, in our in our mock draft, there is some guys like pretty much every late round running back, first round pick that uh, we've been drafting. Like, did he go ahead of Dalvin Cook? I think so. I mean, yeah, That's crazy which is, to me. Ridiculous. I have like eighty percent, ninety percent confidence with Dalvin Cook right now. Right. So like I, 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 I yeah. I know you wouldn't, but personally, I'd probably take Nick Chubb over Clyde. I know that's kind of a hot take, but um, I'd yeah. probably consider Joe Mixon ahead of Clyde. Um, and Clyde's going ahead of those guys now. When before it was right. the luxury of you could get him in the second round, and now you right, right. can't do that. It's so, not. It's not happening. Uh, it is. It is just a risky first round pick he's going to be a good player i think but if you were at pick 10 11 or 12 there's no sure thing really at the running back position sure and if miles sanders is off the board and clyde is sitting there like i'm for sure taking clyde like it's that's uh, you know <laughs> nine running backs right. are off the board miles sanders one of them 
you're assuming that Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and all those guys have come off the board. I'm taking Clyde as a 10th running back off the board. Like, I'm all over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think I have him ranked 8 or 9. Yeah, you shouldn't be drafting him in the top 5 among but, running backs. Like, so the be, point that you made about uh, the Chiefs, that's relatively interesting, That you uh, the point that you brought up about the Chiefs targeting, what was it? Uh, they had like 60-something catch- catches? They had, uh, I believe, 70. I can add it up to the exact number. But, yeah. Um, um, but so the year, the year first year that Mahomes started for the Chiefs when Kareem Hunt was there, uh, he had 50 targets. If you pace out to the whole the whole season, obviously, he only played um, 11 games for the team at, before getting suspended and cut. But he had 51 targets paced out to a full 16 for 38 receptions. That was Kareem Hunt. So for me, like, I'm not saying that it's not possible. Like they're saying Clyde is a little bit better of a pass catcher out of the backfield than Kareem Hunt, which is fine. Um, but I look at it and I kind of feel like, I, I kind of feel like Clyde won't reach that 50 catch threshold. He might, but I feel like it's more likely to not happen. And for me, like it's, it's even moving away from whether or not he's going to have success. Like that's the devil devil's advocate for me because I love Clyde. And like, mm. I, I think there's a possibility. Yes. That he can finish with 50 or 60 catches, which would be crazy good and would make him like a top five running back easily. But I don't know if that's going to happen for him this year. So I say that with that's the risk that you're taking. Uh, I would say there's about a 40% chance that he hits 50 catches this year. 35 to 40% chance. So and one, that's where one I'm more at. Quick, Go ahead. I just going to say one more quick thing. He's also a rookie. Like we've never seen him on the field yes, before. Right, right, right. And we're taking him in the first round. If the Colts, uh, if the Colts. That alone is very risky. If the Chiefs have confidence in him, I have confidence in him. So that's the Oh big yeah, thing no, for absolutely. Me. But right. I'm just saying, like, to take a rookie in the first round of a fantasy right. draft is risky in itself. I don't like taking players at their ceiling. And right. that's the hard part that I have, especially when you're especially when you're trying to take a player that you believe is gonna break out. It becomes even more risky. Like if you, if I'm out here, like, and this is my problem with like Zeke this year is that you're taking him at his ceiling. What if they go RBBC in Dallas? Like they're not going to, but what if, what if, what if, what if they reduce his workload in the red zone a little bit because of the new offensive coordinator and new head, you know, not new offensive coordinator, but the new head coach, you know, Mike McCarthy reduces his workload a little bit and he doesn't do as well as he usually has in the past. He might end up the fifth, sixth running back and you're drafting him as the third, second, third running back off the board. You're not getting that value in returning. You're drafting him at his ceiling. Might not be the best example because I would take Zeke regardless at three, but you get that scenario because he's not really that much of a risk. But if you're taking a guy like Clyde, who've never seen play before um, as a potential top five pick or, you know, maybe at seven or eight, you're, you're running the risk of really damaging your team in the long run when you could get a sure, more of a sure thing player in the first round. If you're taking that big of a risk in the first round, you're going to have trouble. That you're, you're asking for trouble later in the season. So I, I just don't like taking players that are ceiling. Um, right. At 10, 11, 12 off the board, I would be, or maybe 13 or 14, I would be so excited to have Clyde on my team. But yeah, I just wouldn't take him. Like I might take him at pick nine, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not going any further than that. So one of the, he's, he's a very, very risky first round pick. We love him. We will say draft him because he's one of our breakout right. players. Um, but yeah, it's just becoming more as you get closer to the actual NFL season, it gets more and more risky to to draft him. Um, round two, we have Aaron Jones running back from the Green Bay Packers. He finished as the RB2 last year in fantasy football. Um, he was Pretty very, good. very good. His 
ADP right now is um, 208 and 12 teams. So he's end of the second round. Um, sometimes he's going middle of the second round, maybe even early second round in some leagues. So he's very in that second round. We'll talk a little bit more about him in terms of what we think of him in the next episode, um, which where we're going to talk about second round, um, a second, we're going to rank second round running backs in that episode. So we'll talk a lot more about him uh, in detail on um, tomorrow's episode. But for me, when I look at Aaron Jones, the reason why I see him more specifically as a risk, we've obviously talked about him as a bust, but I feel like those 19 touchdowns are very difficult to repeat. And it's like, if he regresses nine touchdowns, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that is close to 50 plus fantasy points that he loses, which drops him into the seventh or eighth running back conversation. That's just regressing his touchdowns. What if he regresses in the category of yardage? You know what I mean? And he doesn't get as many catches through the air. And he goes down in almost every statistical category because he can't stay that efficient, right? Say he does hit a drop. He'll be down in that conversation of RB 12, 13, or 14. And if you're taking him as the 10th running back off the board, you're running a risk of that happening, right? And I think the biggest risk with Aaron Jones is simply the fact that... um, What is his name? The head coach of the Green Bay Packers is slipped my mind. Matt LaFleur, thank you. Matt LaFleur loves RBBCs. He loves to run with multiple running backs. He literally drafted A.J. Dillon this year to add to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And so, and he loves A.J. Dillon. I mean, he looks like carbon copy Derrick Henry when you look at his freaking thighs. Yeah. So, um, he probably just saw his thighs and like... Drafted him. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, smack. Did I draft him? Yeah, you did. Oh, frick. <laughs> Uh, but yep. in Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones obviously is the lead back there, but I, I owned him for a portion of the season last year and it was not fun watching football games that he was in because he would get no. 12 touches and yeah, he may have scored a touchdown and gotten a hundred yards on those 12 touches, but it's like, it's not something, it's not about. something that I'm excited about. I'm like, Oh, thank God he got the freaking 16 fantasy points he got. But it's like when you're talking about risky players, like if Aaron Jones and I love Aaron Jones as a running back, don't get me wrong. Like I think he's, I think he's extremely talented and very good. And if the Packers were like, see you later, everyone else, screw you, AJ Dillon, screw you, Jamal Williams. We're just going to run every single carry through Aaron Jones. He would be, he would be a top three running back every year. And in the conversation of Zeke, Saquon, you know, just because of his efficiency, not because of his talent and because he, like I could never see him as as talented as those guys. Right. But he's just really freaking efficient. And it's like if he got all the opportunity in the world and 300 touches a season, he would be ridiculous. Like look what he did last year with like, what was it? 250, 60, 70 touches. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's like Aaron Jones would be ridiculous if he had all the opportunity, but he just doesn't. So the risk for me is that Aaron Jones is simply he's he's not going to get workhorse like he's not going to get a workhorse workload like a guy like Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake and those other guys might. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't mind Aaron Jones. Yeah. Uh, like I think I probably like him a little more than you do, but I still don't. I like, he's a very risky pick in the second round. I mean, the AJ Dillon factor people like to ignore it, but it's true. I think he could legitimately take yeah. goal line work from Aaron Jones this year. And even if he doesn't, Aaron Jones is not going to get 19 total touchdowns in this year. He's just not. Um, like, I think realistically, he's probably going to get around like 11. 
mm-hmm. 10 to 12, like in that range. Yeah, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and that is going to drop him to like the RB9-10 from what he was last year. Right. And if he has any regression in like yards because of A.J. Dillon, um, then he's he he's going to be not worth the pick in the second round, that's for sure. Um, not for a second. I do think, you know, the argument for Aaron Jones, though, is the receiving game. Yeah. That I don't think that's going to change at all. Like yeah, he had right. 68 targets last year. I think he's going to get about 70 targets again this year for about 50 catches Yeah, for almost 500 yards. Like I think he can, he's very well going to do that again this year. Um, the concerns with, with Aaron Jones just on the ground um, and the total touchdowns, obviously the 19 touchdowns, it's yeah. similar to what Kamara was the year before. Right. When he had that monster year with, I think like 18 touchdowns. Yeah. And then last year, last year he, he, uh, whatever it was last year. Yeah. He dropped significantly like a rock. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't just injuries for him. It was, it was the, it was the red zone efficiency that he had. If that happens to Aaron Jones, he's going to be screwed. And I, I think the big thing too, is that, like I said, as, as a top 12, 13 running back, there is a real opportunity that he finishes as a mid to low end RB two. And I think that's within the realm of outcomes. I think the risk you run is just straight opportunity and how efficient he is with the ball in the red zone. And it's like, I mean, he, yeah, he should be, you know, like if he was a third round pick, I'd be all over him. But I, oh, I absolutely, me too. But I, I feel like, I feel like in the second round, 208's not bad, top but I've seen him go, top of the second round. I've too. seen him go top of the second round. And when you're talking about the risk that's attributed to Aaron Jones, like RBBC, like when you're talking about second round pick, you know, you want to try to get as much opportunity out of your running back or as much opportunity as your wide receiver as humanly possible. And Aaron Jones looks really especially good in terms back. of efficiency, but if he doesn't have the opportunity, it's not going to be that great. And especially with AJ Dillon there, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, he's not a bad option though. Again, cause I think right, right, right. Uh, the work in his receiving game, it's just, it is just risky. It's very risky. Right. If you're taking him like uh, I think I saw somebody else's. Uh, I love this time of year because I get to see everyone's drafts and see all of their all of the other fantasy analysts hype and the guys that they love around them and how their drafts worked out. And I saw a guy drafted like Aaron Jones. I think it was like 110. And I'm yeah, like, you must be I a just, Jones truther. <laughs> I mean, in our mock in our mock draft. Yeah. Um, yes. Yesterday. Uh, I think he went two two. I believe or two three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, early second round. I mean, just a, yeah, just a little bit early. I back the second round is okay and i think yeah. third round is perfect but he's just not going there right uh round three to conclude the show todd Gurley. love this man's he's my guy I wish I had him. he's always he's always been my guy i think in the third round it's not as risky as one would assume but he i think he's one of the most risky players in the third round and i think it's because a he has everyone keeps talking about his injury risk and i'm like the man's literally has missed what six games over the course of his career yeah. in five years. Like it, it's, he literally doesn't miss much time. So it's not like he's injury prone. So I, I feel like we can table that discussion. You know, obviously he has problems with his kneecaps. So we're, we, you know, be concerned as you will about Todd Gurley, but I don't think we can, I don't think we can justifiably sit here and say, Oh man, Todd Gurley, I'm worried about him tearing his ACL. Like, why would you be concerned about that? Like if there's literally no other player, there's been, hundreds of players in the NFL over the last like 10 years that have torn their ACL 
or I'll say like yeah. around hundred, <laughs> not hundreds, but right. You know, you're right. right. It is probably right. not even close to a that. Lot of, but anyway, it's, it's it happens often. It happens often, and no one said like. Do you hear anyone going like to freaking Julian Edelman tore his ACL? Do you feel like anyone is going? Oh, I'm not going to draft Julian Edelman because he tore his ACL back in 2015, and you know he wasn't really that great, and you know like oh he he, he might tear it again. Like why did we do this with Todd Gurley if we don't do it with anyone else? It's a that, little bit of a different. It, Drives me insane. Like, well, he tore his ACL. <laughs> it's the same injury. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I just, I feel like, I feel like we. I think it's more the arthritis things. Yeah. Well, I mean, any any player that tears his ACL has that kind of situation. But mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of different circumstances. I feel like we t- we spend too much time talking about Ty Gurley's knee that it just drives me crazy. So that's anyway. absolutely fair. Um, like to, for, for a guy who literally played with like, what was it? 260, 270 touches last year yep. and, did, and he barely missed any time and he was, you know, relatively good and stuff like that. So last year, Todd Gurley was, what was he? The RB 13 high end RB two. So yeah, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, Gurley finished with, you know, enough fantasy points. I think it was over 200 fantasy points. His offensive line was terrible. The offense couldn't move the ball. Uh, he was horribly inefficient and he still finishes the RB 13 um, in, in Atlanta. I've heard many different arguments. So I'll, I'll start off with the pros, you know, Gurley to me, um, he's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game. That's pretty simple. Um, I feel like there's no one else there. If Gurley's healthy and he gets, you know, if, he, if Gurley's healthy, he's going to get the workload. He's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game. So he's good there. I mean, freaking dirt cutter has already said that, um, I think uh-huh. that in a better offense, he's going to have more opportunities uh, to uh, be efficient, especially through the air. Last year, I think they targeted um, Devonta Freeman 80 times paced out. So uh, yeah. Gurley's going to get the pass catching workload again in Atlanta. I, the, the cons are obviously last year taught with LA Todd Gurley got a significant, I think it was top three, last year in red zone touches and top three in goal line opportunities. Um, Atlanta is known for getting into the red zone and chucking it up with a pass play. They do not give it to their running backs in the red zone. They don't like to give it to their running backs. He might catch a lot of dump off touchdowns, but he's not going to get a whole ton of opportunity in the red zone to rush it in for a touchdown. So his rushing touchdown total will decrease, which is what gave Todd Gurley his RB 13 season last year. Um, and I think the other argument that you can make for him is that Dirk Cutter has a terrible, terrible track record with running on the ground. All of his running backs usually get 3.5 yards per carry. Now, he's yeah. never had a Todd Gurley, but we'll see what happens there. I In their offensive line, too, you can make the argument. They made some improvements, but they're not the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. PFF doesn't – I don't think they have them ranked even in the top 20 uh, run-blocking. Yeah, so so um, th- those are the pros and cons of Gurley. Uh, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I love Clyde and I love Todd Gurley. I love yeah. both those players, but they are both very risky. I mean, mm-hmm. to your point, uh, PPF, who I trust the most with offensive line stuff, Yeah, um, they wrote an article about a month ago in July mm-hmm. um, of their rankings for going into the 2020 season for right. offensive line. So it takes into effect like drafts and free agency and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Atlanta Falcons were ranked 24th. So it's not like he's going from a bad situation to a 
good situation. He's going from a situation where he rushed for mm-hmm. 3.8 yards per carry to an offensive line that's just as bad. Yeah. So that's a risk right there. I think he's probably like, there's a very good chance he, he's going to rush for like 3.7, 3.8, mm-hmm. 3.9 yards per carry again. Um, somewhere in that range, just because yeah. the offensive line isn't good. And mm-hmm. like you said, the history of Derek Cutter just running with, with the, I don't know what it is, their scheme or maybe he just had poor loss. He's just an idiot. It is that is a legitimate yeah. concern, um, and that that Atlanta team is not good either. So they could be behind in games similar to what it was last year, mm-hmm. and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. I um, feel like I feel know, like Devontae Freeman was not. Go ahead. I feel like what he was missing in what he's going to miss in like touchdown opportunity next year, he's going to make up in the passing game. Yeah, because last year I don't I don't think he caught over thirty passes. And um, he had 31 catches. He was, yeah, he was, he was not as good as he had been in the past in the air. Mm -hmm. So or through the year, I should say. Yeah. So So I feel like he can get back up to that 60. And if he does something like that, I think that makes up for the regression a little bit in the touchdown category. Like I think if you're drafting him as a 20th RB off the board, and you're getting top 13, top 12 production. It's a solid pick. Oh yeah. I like girly. I do. I'm right. So, but I think, you know, I mean, obviously we, we picked him as a risky early round selection. So the thing that makes him risky is the fact that that offense is not going to be efficient running the football and he's not going to get his opportunities on the ground, right. uh, To score touchdowns, touchdowns for sure. Yeah. And, and he, and he has that injury risk attached to him where he's probably going to miss one, two games this year, just on injury. And, you know, people have talked about that. He, he doesn't normally play on, which he does all the time, but they have a specific turf in Atlanta that is conducive for ACL injuries. So people are worried about Todd Gurley getting injured as well. So those are the risks that are attributed to this pick. For me, I think there's two ends of the spectrum for Gurley. It's either he is a top 15 running back or he is outside of the top 20. And it could go either way. He could be like Devonta Freeman last year or he could be a top 10 running back. Exactly, yeah. It could go either way. Um, That's the risk that you run. Right, a hundred percent. That he, because that's the argument against him is look at what Devontae Freeman did last year, and mm-hmm. it's a very valid argument. Yeah, but there's also the chance that he could be extremely efficient in the passing game, mm-hmm. um, be decent enough in the run game, and still have a good amount of touchdowns right. and end up being like the RB twelve. So <laughs> it's yeah, a risky yeah. play, but I, for me personally, it's worth right. the risk. And I think I think too, you have to think about ceiling because. Right. They could actually. The work that he's going to get. I mean, last year they had Devonta Freeman who gets hurt half the time, and then they had Ida Smith. So obviously they're not going to run it in the red zone. Like that's obviously true. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be something that they do. But Todd Gurley's one of the best like red zone running backs in the NFL. Scores sure. so many. He scores so much in the red zone. So they might give him the opportunity in the red zone just to try to score, whether through the air or on the ground, right? So I feel like like there is there is a world and there is a reality where Todd Gurley could get back to top five production. And to get that in the third round, you might be hitting it it's out awesome. of the park. I think it's right. more likely that you finish he finishes his RB twelve. And to get that in the third round as the twentieth, eighteenth to twentieth running back off the board, you're you're getting a steal. But it definitely is a risky pick because you might end up with Devonta Freeman from last year. Right. Which exactly. would be gross. So there you have it. Those are our risky early round picks. Um, we spent a little bit of time on on Clyde 
It's our guy. He did. It's our boy. He's our guy. He, we love him too much. Um, so that'll do it for this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. We only got two fantasy football draft content episodes ready. Uh-huh. Check out our website at fantasychampions.com. Buy our draft guy. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Football starts in eight days. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>